Hi, this is Rachel Sherman, and welcome to the FitFab and 40-something podcast, where each week we'll discuss issues surrounding health, wealth, fitness, and wellness to help you navigate your way through your 30s, 40s, and 50s. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm uh, excited to bring to you another guest speaker today. Uh, And today I'm chatting to someone that I actually met on Instagram, (laughs) as you do, you have a lot of Instagram (laughs) friends, um, a couple of years ago. And we actually first started following each other uh, during uh, a Maxine's Challenge as co-competitors. And her name is Mel Newton. And I'm very excited to have a chat to her today about all things that is um, fit, fab, and 40-something. So, Mel, I know that... um, So when did you do first do your first challenge? Was it 2019 or 20? Uh, So um, I've only done one. Um, I planned to do them many times before that, but it would never seem like the right time. Um, so, of course, I chose 2020, which was uh, just after we went into lockdown. Awesome. Probably <laughs> seems like also not the right time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a perfect time. So, Mel, uh, before we get started, tell me a little bit, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I know that you're a full-time nurse and you love your weightlifting, but what else? Tell me more about you. Um, yeah, so... I am a full-time uh, NICU nurse, so neonatal intensive care unit um, here in Melbourne at one of the two major children's hospitals. Um, I'm also a mum of three kids. Um, my smallest is six and my eldest is almost 12. Um, I am a wife. Um, and, yeah, uh, people ask me what my hobbies are and really my main hobby really is lifting weights. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a bad one to have. <laughs> so now you as as we said you competed in the max sense challenge in 2020 and now you actually went on to win the people's choice in that challenge too i believe um why why did you first decide to do the challenge um like i said i've looked at doing it a few times and for me it never felt like the right time because if i'm going to do something i really want to give it 100% um which for max scenes felt to me like i really wanted to aim for the top 10 i really wanted one of those um red hoodies <laughs> um and then last year i was still looking at it and thinking oh why would i sign up this year well our gym has just closed we've just gone into lockdown Um, But for me, it still seemed like the right time to do it um, because of the accountability um, and the routine um, that that came along with it um, and a focus as well. So something um, kind of to aim for and focus for. And so did you think that you got that out of it? Like, did you get out of it what you needed and wanted out of it? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, I didn't get the hoodie, but I got everything else. (laughs) Um, yeah, so for me, it just gave me structure when I, and when I felt like a lot of things, like pretty much everything was out of our control last year, I live in Melbourne. Um, it, for me, yeah, gave me the structure, um, that I needed to keep control of something, um, and something really important to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. So had you trained much before you started that? As in just in general, not specifically for the challenge or anything like that, but um, was fitness a part of your life before then? It was, um, but not as larger focus as what it became. Um, that was kind of the starting point for me to really focus more, particularly on my nutrition, actually. Um, so training was something that I did before that, but it was more... Um, I was more of a cardio girl. Um, I used to play mixed netball um, with my husband and just socially playing. Um, after I had my third child, um, I was just starting to get back into fitness. I had in the past as well done um, Michelle Bridges challenge. I'd done the commandos challenge. So like kind of short term things. Um, and then, yeah, after my third baby, I was just starting to get back into fitness. And it was, I think, my fourth netball game back um and I tore my ACL in half Mm -mm. um and had to have a knee reconstruction so that was that was really challenging um with an 11 month old who wasn't wasn't even really crawling certainly wasn't walking um Mm. and then I was kind of yeah on crutches and one leg and that kind of thing um but looking back on it it was kind of a blessing for me um I hadn't really done strength training before that Um, and of course a big part of rehab um, particularly for a knee reco is strength and it's building that strength back in your leg so um, it was after doing that rehab that I actually joined the gym I wasn't a member prior to that Um, and then yeah so that's how I got into gym Um, and mostly still doing kind of cardio and a bit of combo um, with some strength training um, but a lot more focused on strength than from the point that I did max scenes. Yeah. So what was your favourite thing about doing the max scenes challenge, do you think? Um, I think it was the routine. Mm-hmm. Like just and taking taking all the thinking out of it. So somebody just telling me this is what you need to do every day um, and this is how you'll get the results. And I think max scenes sometimes gets like a bit of a bad rep. Um people, I don't know, thinking that, oh, it's just a short-term thing and it's calorie restricted and everything like that. But I mean, it's not, you're not supposed to continue at the same calories at the end of the challenge forever. Like, yes, it is a body transformation challenge and that's the idea of it. Um, But yeah, I think my favorite thing was, yeah, just not having to think too much um, about what I needed to do, but just someone telling me, if you follow this, you'll get results. Um, Yeah, and you do. Yeah. I certainly, it's something I definitely recommend to people who may want to, um, you know, start doing something a little bit more seriously but may not have the funds to have their own coach um, because I think the community aspect of the challenge is Mm -hmm. fantastic. And I think that there is a lot of support from the people that run it um, if if you search for it. Um, if you ask for it so you can get a lot of help um, with it through through those avenues Um, so yeah yeah, I do yeah Yeah. I understand the the those you know short-term challenges often do get a bad rap um, but I definitely think it's probably one of the better ones out there yeah 
100 percent um and yeah i agree with you the community fantastic um get to meet really great people like on instagram and things and actually rachel when we met i hadn't even realized that you were a challenger oh <laughs> um but <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just felt also like we had so much in common. Um, yeah. And yeah, a lot of the same philosophies. So yeah, yeah. for sure. So now um, you have your own coach. Um, and how did you go about finding him? Um, that was fairly easy for me. Um, when I was still at the gym, um, we were I was participating in, um, it's called Coaching Zone. Um, so there's a couple of different coaches who teach specific classes. Um, and uh, Matt became one of the coaches. He wasn't there when I started, but um, he took over the strength class. Um, he actually did one of the cardio classes once and it was quite hilarious. Um, but um, yeah, he, so I was seeing him in Coaching Zone once a week to do the strength class there. Um, I had never done PT before um, and I'd never done, he'd never had a coach before. Um, but we just kind of, yeah, again, just kind of hit it off and felt like it worked well together. So I just asked him about PT. So originally we started with just PT, um, which I was doing once a fortnight with one of my girlfriends. Um, and then, you know, with lockdown, obviously we couldn't continue doing PT, but we kept in contact. Um, and then I started thinking about, okay, so this, Maxine's has been a really great starting point, but where do I go to from here? Um, and again, I still wanted to have someone to be accountable to um, and to kind of tell me what to do um, and also teach me. Um, and I knew that Matt was doing some online coaching, so I just asked him um, if, if that's something that we could continue doing at the end of Maxine's. Um, so for me, it was really easy. Um, I've never had another coach. I'm still with Matt. Um, just over a year later, he still tells me what to do. Um, but what I would say to people, if you are looking for a coach, is he is to find a coach who you're going to work well with, um, that you kind of share the same philosophies as, um, mm -hmm. that you're on the same wavelength. Um, they could, yeah, we're, I think we work well together because you know, where, yeah, we share the same beliefs and we've kind of got the same mindsets about things. Um, not to say that, you know, one coach is certainly not the right coach for every person. So if you find like you're not gelling with a coach and you're not getting out of it what you want, then I would say try someone else. Um, I've recommended Matt to people, but again, I've said, you know, he's the right coach for me, but, you know, he's not the right coach for everyone and he would say that he has said exactly the same thing about his coach as well that he's now been working with for I think about three years um but again he says to people you know he's not the right coach for everyone so think about what it is that you want to get out of being coached by somebody um so that you know that they're the right coach for you and that you're going to be able to work towards your goals with that person yeah I think that's excellent advice um yeah, don't just choose somebody because they look good on social media or they have a lot of followers or anything like that. I think it's really important to, as you said, find somebody that you gel with, find somebody that isn't necessarily going to be your best friend um, because you want them to push mm -hmm. you hard <laughs> and you want them not to take your crap. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So, and um, knows how to push you as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely, one hundred percent. 
Um, and so when you started with him, were you looking to get into any other kind of um, competitive um, powerlifting or anything like that? How did, I mean, I know that you've competed in powerlifting and, and were also meant to compete this weekend. Um, how did you get into that? Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to do anything competitive at the time. And some of my friends questioned me around why you're paying a coach. Like, can't you just do your own diet? Can't you just do your own training? And yeah, I could, but also I didn't have the knowledge at the time because my, what I wanted to do at the end of Maxine's was to kind of reverse diet out of that, build my calories back up, um, build up my metabolism and also build my strength up. Um, and I had not one clue how to do that. So for me, that's something that I needed somebody else for. Um, it wasn't until the end of last year that Matt said to me, have you considered competing? I was like, 100% no. <laughs> um, he said, well, you will you'll think about it now. And he's right, because once he puts something in my head, it kind of stays there. Um, and then not long after that, um, one of the other girls from Maxine's actually messaged me that her gym was... Um, going to have a novice powerlifting comp and she thought that's something I should think about as well and I was like wow like I feel like everyone's saying to me now um have a think about this and you know and because it was a novice competition so it's not like um, a federated competition um there's no weight classes or anything like that it's just mm -hmm. kind of for anyone really to just come along and have a go just see what numbers you can put down on the platform on the day under competition conditions um so yeah so I signed up for that and then decided maybe that's actually the gym I should be training at so um yeah changed a few things uh so that was at the start of the year and then competed there in March and was it difficult or not necessarily difficult but was it a lot different to the way that you were lifting and the the form that you had was it was turning up on competition day, was it different to what you had already been um, doing or what you had already learnt? Um, yes. So um, squat was is not really different. I think a low bar squat is pretty universal, um, but I wasn't necessarily doing it a fantastic way for me, for my body. Um, so um, I've been working with a strength physio um, here in Melbourne and um, also went and saw a powerlifting coach because my coach is not a powerlifter, he's a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. um, so just broke a few things down there. This is actually after the comp. Um, bench, 100% different to the way that I used to bench. So I was always uh, flat benching. Um, and after spending some time as well with a powerlifting coach, she was um, explained like the reasoning behind the bench arch that you see a lot of powerlifters do. Yeah. Um, so that's, and my bench is probably the lift that's progressed the most since then. Mm -hmm. um, uh, deadlift, which is, has always been my favourite and always been my pet lift. No, uh, that's the one thing I haven't really had to change. Um, I understood the cues, I think, the most in the deadlift and that's the one that I have to think the least about squat 100% is my least favorite I have to think a lot about that one yeah. um, and bench is getting easier but you know there's still a lot to think about when you do it um, and you might not think um, that there's much 
to think about if you're not a lifter. Um, but yeah, there's so many cues and little adjustments that you can make to, to make progress. Yeah. And when you go on a comp day, is it just those three lifts that, that are done? It's bench, deadlift and squats? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so I've only done the one comp, but um, squat is first and um, my least favourite. So that was fun. And I'm actually used to training in pretty much a completely empty gym um, when they're open. Um, so I'm a 5am kind of girl. I need to get my training done um, without oh, kind of interrupting my family and, yeah. and routine. Um, so I'll go at five before I go to work. Um, turns out most powerlifters do not train in the morning. They train oh, in really? the evenings notoriously. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's something I've learned. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> <Yeah>. do that. switching <laughs> gyms. Yeah, no, no, me neither. No. Um, but, yeah, the gym is packed apparently in the evenings, but <laughs> it's usually just me or maybe two other people there in the mornings, which is nice. So stepping out on a platform with, like, a crowd was, like, a really weird thing for me and, um I actually, for a start, thought it'd be really nice, please, if you could ask the crowd to just all leave for a minute (laughs) just while I do my lift (laughs) so it feels more like usual. Um, But actually I've learned that um, I think powerlifters can look really scary, like especially the guys. They're pretty big guys that lift, you know, 300-plus kilograms. Um, But they're honestly so supportive and amazing to each other. It's a really, really nice community, um, which was a really nice thing to learn as well. So um, actually at the comp, after you've got the first couple of lifts um, kind of under your belt and your nerves can settle down a little bit, um, the crowd's actually amazing. Everyone's shouting. Everyone's like really wanting everyone else to do really well. Um, It's a really cool atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I was looking forward to competing today. I was feeling slightly less nervous than last time, and at least I know the rules this time because there's, yeah. like, quite a lot. It's, it's quite technical. Um, it seems also it seems like powerlifting is a sport for all ages. Like, it doesn't seem to matter what age you are and, you know, you can be 45 and a complete beginner and compete. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it just seems to be really inclusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I yeah, only just really started doing it this year and I'm 41. Um, and, you know, we've got like eight, 16 and 18-year-olds down at the gym also competing. Um, yeah, so it's really broad. You can start, yeah, kind of any old time um, and at any level. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. Everyone's just really encouraging. And if you are making progress, um and getting PBs, then, you know, everybody celebrates that, which is really yeah. nice. That's awesome. So how did your training change um, when you decided that you were going to enter this? Con- no, so the first competition was earlier in the year, in March? Was yeah, that right? it was in March. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, correct. how did your training change when you decided, yes, I'm going to do that comp? Um, to be honest, not a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, because my coach is a bodybuilder, I guess I was doing kind of bodybuilder style training, um, which is quite a lot of reps, usually, um, quite isolated movements. And we still do those, of course, for accessories, but, um, we definitely focus more on compounds now as well. Um, we 
laugh, me and Matt, because neither of us really had any idea what we were doing going into the first <laughs> comp. Um, we just kind of made it up um, for sure, probably didn't peak properly, um, which we've definitely improved upon this time because we're both learning. Um, but, you know, he came along to my first comp to support me and um, when the gym owner said, put up your hand if you're a powerlifting coach. If anyone needs a hand, just grab one of these guys. He put both hands down really far. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I was only strength training prior to deciding to join the comp. But, yeah, I guess the only difference is that we um, focused a bit more on compounds, but still mm-hmm. still, uh, we did a lot of high rep training. Um, Jim Ona calls me the rep queen. So we've changed things, yeah, like I said, a little bit more this time around and, um peaked a bit better so we did what we do going into a comp is kind of drop the reps and up the weight as the weeks go on um so we're still starting with like five or six reps um and then as the weeks go on we backed down to like triples and then doubles and then a couple of weeks of singles um would have done a deload last week Mm -hmm. um after maxing out the week before and then yeah hit up singles obviously today yeah Very good. What about nutrition wise? Um, Was it hard to get your head around having to eat more to build that muscle and strength? Um, Yes and no. Like in theory, it it makes perfect sense. Um, I guess it's more the mental thing about actually doing it. Um, We had to um, build my calories up quite a lot and I was still not really gaining weight which was nice um so we ended maxine somewhere around about 1350 1400 calories um and built up at one point to about 3000 calories a day mm-hmm. um and my weight had always stayed fairly stable um then we decided this year to do a bit of a building phase and see what happened um which sounds exciting you get to eat a lot of food um and try and build up your strength but yeah the actual seeing the scales go up kind of does mess with your mind a bit even though you know that's what you're aiming for um now I think for me the actual scales going up was okay but I just really needed to keep confirming with Matt is is this the amount of gain that we're looking for we're not gaining too quickly um which you know it was only about a half a kilo a week but that's not kind of you know, I've spent 40 years not trying to gain half a kilo a week. So, yeah, yeah, that was different for me. I spent the first half of this year in maintenance and I think I'd almost nearly prefer to either be in a diet phase or in a surplus because maintenance is just like nothing happening. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's... I don't know, like there's no, I suppose the goal is to stay, you know, to stay there and to kind of reset everything. But it's just, it almost feels like there is no goal. And I I am a very goal oriented Mm. person and I need, you know, something to work towards. And it was, that was really frustrating for me, six months at maintenance. But anyway, that's right. (laughs) Um, And what about injury wise? How have you, (laughs) how have you, um, I know mm-hmm. you've, uh, as you said, you know, you tore your ACL um, and you've had a few other little niggles, but how have you um, gone if you've had an injury as you've gone along um, managing that mm-hmm. while you're training? I feel like I'm lucky that I found a really great physio who she also lifts. Um, yeah. So she 
fully understands um yeah like my lifestyle and my goals and things and it's never been her philosophy to say oh if something's injured we should stop using it Mm. it's more around the modification if um if there's something that we need to change for a little bit um then let's do that rather than stopping completely um so yeah she's been amazing to get on my team um I I want to touch wood because I haven't had any huge injuries for a while. Um, I had knee surgery on my opposite knee a couple of years ago. I think we're coming up to two years now since that. Mm. Um, And my shoulder has been kind of niggly um, on and off, just a bit of a stability issue. Um, But I have been going to physio at least every four weeks and just keeping that maintenance going. I am a huge hater of dry needling, but my body responds quite well to it, unfortunately for me. Um, I just go along and be a pink cushion. (laughs) Um, Every few weeks, I just can't stand the twitching. Um, um, But yeah, so I think that actually, even though I hate dry needling for me, that's like my self-care. So going along and actually maintaining uh, my body and my movement of my body um, has probably helped me stay fairly injury free or, yep. or, or niggly only. Um, I do have um, a, a autoimmune disease. I've got Hashimoto's thyroid, thyroiditis, which mm-hmm. for me, the main symptoms are um, fatigue. Um, I get a really low heart rate and, and skippy um, and um, tendonitis tends to be the other thing that I see when, when mine's playing up. Um, so Matt has been really great in working with me and working with that. Um, I know for my body, when things start niggling, um, we just need to um, like move away from high reps for a bit. So um, we can adjust my program in that way. And that's yeah. been really good as well at helping um, to stay more injury free yeah. than before. So um, your Hashimoto's that hasn't affected uh, your training too much no and and not my nutrition either I know um a lot of I've seen people question as well particularly with Maxine's oh hey has anyone with Hashi's had um success with Maxine's challenge um because it tends to be a disease in which you gain weight or you have a lot of trouble losing weight Mm. um so I've I've been described as a bit of a unicorn because I did have a lot of success actually with Maxine's. I lost um, nearly 11 kilos um, in the 12 weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I guess, a believer in um, just trying things and seeing what yeah. works for your body. Um, yeah. And even if you have like a label or, you know, um, something going on with you, it doesn't mean that the next person who's got the same label um, needs to treat their body the same way to get results so yeah I think just try things and see what works for you yeah yeah, I think with with everything coaches nutrition (laughs) training yeah and I think with everything you know you 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 can't let it stop you you just need to learn um, Mm -hmm. and find a way to manage it um, and do the best you can with with what you've got really Um, and yeah, yeah just just manage your way through it um everyone is going to have something and if everyone um, mm-hmm. stopped themselves uh, I think you know you wouldn't see you know these you wouldn't have the Paralympics would you 
<laughs> That's very true. Yeah. 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 So um, I just wanted to go back to the powerlifting competition and wanted to ask you, like, how do you prepare yourself mentally when you're going into that, um, you know, either in the days before, but also when you're there on the bench or you're there in front of the bar, like what's going through your head? Um, someone asked me this and my answer is, not much. Um, <laughs> when I'm actually about to lift, I actually don't have a lot going on up there, which probably sounds terrible. But um, it's probably a sign of good training, though. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, like preparing for it, I was super nervous. And I always get really, really nervous, like the night before I know I'm going for a PB the next morning, if it's if it's one that's really important to me. Um like this year my goal for this year was to pull 140 kilo deadlift um which I did two weeks ago and I was so nervous the night before and thank you um and um that morning um but at the time of actually trying for it I've I just like run through my cues in my head make sure um you know everything that I can control I am controlling Mm -hmm. and if I miss that lift, um, that's okay. Like I've been mad about it in the past, missing lifts that I feel like I should have gotten. Um, and Matt now asks me, are you mad? Um, but lately I haven't been mad um, when I have missed one. Like, yeah, as long as I, if I can kind of pinpoint the reason, um, then that's okay because that's something that I can work on for next time. Yep. Um, preparing for the comp. Yeah, I don't know. I just focus on my training and um, for me trying to block out that there was going to be a crowd there because that's one of the things I was super nervous about as well. For sure. Um, Yeah, and look, and for the novice comp, um, I feel like there wasn't a lot of pressure on that one um, Mm -hmm. because it was literally just, hey, let's just go along, see what a comp is like. Um, I actually had to just clarify some of the rules on the day. I wasn't even that well prepared, to be honest. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, and just, like, block out what you can and, yeah, we're, like, big believers in just controlling what you can control. Yeah. And whatever you can't, that's something to work on for next time. Yeah, for sure. This is probably a question a lot of people ask you, I would say, Um, but, you know, being full-time nurse, mum, busy as how do you fit it all in um are we training do we mean yeah like you're uh because yeah. i know you also get a lot of steps in and and do these little walks with your husband and mm-hmm. um oh. yeah a lot of people a lot of people certainly it's something that people ask me like how do you fit it all in how do you train every day mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. it's always a question i ask other people too yeah well, for me, um, it's my priority. Um, so um, I don't have to work shifts anymore, which is nice. Um, I've got, I either start at seven or eight in the morning. So I've got a bit more routine from Monday to Friday. Um, and my husband will still make comments like, well, you choose to get up that early. <laughs> um, and yeah, I do. I choose to get up that early in the morning so that I can go and train because for me, that is my time. Mm. um 
And like I said, it's usually just me in the gym. So it's just me and the weights and that's how I like it. Um, that is my me time. That is my mental health. Um, I, I did actually cry when the gyms closed last year the first time because um, I just didn't know what I was going to do without that outlet. Um, and, yeah, so I think that... Um, if it's important to you, you'll make the time for it. And 100% it's important to me. Like I said, it's my only real hobby these days. I don't have time for a lot of other things, but um, because that is my priority and it's really important to me. Um, yeah, and why? I go and do it five days a week. Why is it? What's your why? Why is it important to you? Why do you do what you do? Um, it it just, it makes me feel good. Um I was listening to your podcasts and um, one of the things you said really resonated with me was that, um, you know, you're 41, but this is the strongest and the fittest that you've ever been. Yeah. Um, and that's 100% me as well. Um, yes. Uh, since I tore my ACL um, and started strength training, I realized, um, you know, that, that that was important and maintaining strength which you know um supports all of your joints and everything in your body is so important mm. um and I don't want to be in that position again where where I have a major injury and I, I couldn't even look after my kids um yeah. you know and being a mum is obviously a big part of my life um so yeah that's not somewhere I want to get back to so um yeah, the stronger that I can be and the stronger I can keep my body and keep my body moving um, and into my old age, I hope, so that I can still be a functional person that can get in and out of a chair, um, you know, then, yeah, that's that's important to me and that's that's why. Yep, I think that is perfect. That's the, probably the most important why um, that is out there, I think. <laughs> so just a couple of little questions uh, to finish off. Uh, tell me about your favourite snack. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's a good one. I'm, like, super boring. Um, Matt tells me I should be a bodybuilder because I eat pretty much the same food every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my current favourite um, to eat on the way home from work is um, the Muscle Nation custard protein bars. Oh, they're it's so, so delicious. <laughs> They, um, they're not an everyday food, kids. They, um, yes. they do have artificial things in there, but um, they're quite good a couple of times a week at the moment. Yeah, I'm no, they are good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your favourite activewear brand? Ooh. Okay, so I'm a Lorna Jane girl from way back. Mm -hmm. um, I love their clothing and it never wears out. It is really good quality. Um, my favourite, favourite, favourite pair of tights that I won't squat in anything else um, are my Lorna Jane ones. Yep. Um, but then I've had, you know, a few other brands sneak in lately. I'm also a big fan of Riderwear. Um, yep. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. It's always good to... Um, hear what other people are wearing and what they like and why they like mm -hmm. it. Um, and, yeah, I think oh, I've still got some Lorna tights that I would have bought, you know, five, six years ago. They're a bit loose on me now. I probably <laughs> have the same ones, Rach. We managed to. Um... I know. We actually <laughs> have some of the same workout clothes, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So funny. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. It's um, it's always funny when you see someone on Instagram, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got that shirt. 
Oh, dear. Yeah. And I'm wearing it today. I, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time um, to chat to us today. And obviously with lockdown, oh, we just don't know when things are going to reopen mm -hmm. or um, when competitions are going to be able to start again. But we want to wish you all the best for your next powerlifting competition, as I said, whenever it's going to be. But good luck in your training. And um, thank you thank for taking you. the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Fit, Fab and 40-something podcast. As always, I'd love it if you could take a screenshot from whichever platform you're listening on and share it on your social media. And don't forget to tag Fit, Fab and 40-something podcast on Instagram. Until next time, see you later.